Hello and welcome to the Anchor Faith Message Podcast. Enjoy this message. So I'm going to kind of start out with the punchline, so to speak, kind of give you something so that somewhere along the line, you will find yourself connecting the dot. Many times when I minister, I usually save it for later. You know, the Lord allows me to be able to throw that later. It's kind of you build a whole case and then boom, you drop, you know, the, that last truth that kind of pulls it together. And I had it further down, but it seemed like the Holy Ghost said, just go ahead and put it right out in front. Are you hearing me? You know, I begin to wonder why you want me to put it out in front like that. He says the devil's putting his stuff right out in front. And, um, you know, the blind just follow it. And not even hiding the agenda. He says, so put it out in front. Let them be able to know that it's them first. And then you can begin to build on it so we can get further into their spirit, man, so that they'll allow it to change their thinking. And then they'll respond to it often. Amen. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, it says it this way. I'm going to read two different translations this morning. The New American Standard Bible says it this way. But we, who's we? I said, who's we? That's you and that's me. If you're in the body of Christ, you're born again. You're a child of God. So this applies to children of God, not the world, not for those outside of God's house. Not for those that are not a part of his family, but this is written written to the church, so it's written to those in God's household, those that are his children. So, but we, are you his child today? Come on, I got any children of God here today. But we have this treasure in earth and what? Vessels. So that the surpassing greatness of the power, of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. So when we move and operate in the earth, it's not us doing it, but it's what's in us. It's who we're carrying. I said it's who we're carrying. Come on, it's who we're carrying. The Passion Translation says it this way. He says, we are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within so that the extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God's, not ours. Man, that's good, isn't it? Come on, let's read it one more time because, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God. I need faith to rise in you concerning this today. He says, we are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within so that the extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God's, not ours. As I've said to you recently, because Anchor Faith Church is on uh, within, we are in the beginning stages of what I consider God uh, doing his outpouring at the end time, and that is the great revival. You know, a revival's got to start somewhere. And it can gain momentum. In fact, the kingdom rise, things really kind of kicked over into us. In fact, it was prophesied that when that the things of God will begin to be like a dynamo. Isn't that what it was where it just kept exploding on itself, exploding on itself, and it just keeps getting bigger every time the explosion comes. So you've got to come expecting. I said, you've you got to realize that God's doing some supernatural things among us if we remain tapped in, don't grow weary, and don't get our eyes set on things that aren't exactly what God, you know, is doing. Don't get a preconceived idea of how it's got to look. 
but that when it moved, does it, is it in alignment with scripture? Can we see context where that showed up somewhere within the pages of the book? And so we are these common clays that are uh, vessels, right, that are supposed to do extraordinary works or an overflow of power that demonstrates God is working in us. It's not of our own self. And so as we've been moving in this, the Lord's kind of took me back to when we first planted the church and began to download little messages in me, you know, because there was a season that I needed to do some equipping. Obviously, we already equipped the saints and, and there was a layer of teaching we need to do. But it's kind of like right now, man, I'm like getting all these sermons and I'm having to just storm away for that day that God says, now release this, now release this, now release this. And it's interesting how they come because they don't have to come just one way. You understand, I was in scripture today and was reading something uh, 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 along this line because I was in the book that we're going to go to, Second Kings, myself. And as I was reading there, I'm like, geez, that's so good. So I pulled it through a note, you know, made a comment there. And I'm like, wow, you know, I mean, I, I just wanted to get up and preach and wake my wife up, you know. But the Lord has a time to release things. He's very, very specific because, you know, the king's coming. Jesus is returning. Do you believe that? And he's not coming as a suffering servant. He's coming as the king of glory. He's coming to rule, reign forever. Glory to God. So we have to get ourselves set in this thing that God's doing. And so it seemed like, you know, I get these things when I'm studying the word or just reading the word from my own personal uh, uh, filling up, you know, and edification. But I was talking with Wayne. Stand up, Wayne. I was talking with Wayne one day in the cafe, all right? And Wayne had this idea, this thought that he began to share with me. And I'm like, Wayne, that's good. That's good stuff right there. I said, that's good. I said, man, I could preach that right there. And the Lord says, and you will. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. So today we're going to preach that. Amen. My point is, is that God can drop things in your spirit, not from your own personal study and revelation, but from others within the body of Christ, because God may say, I've got something for you to tell everybody, but this person's letting you know what direction you are to go. Amen. And Wayne, we're going to go in some directions today. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. So I'm thankful. You understand? It's so exciting that God is using all of us. And I can't stress that enough because the greatest thing that will stop the last time revival in churches, not God's last time revival, not his end time move, not his outpouring of the latter rain that's greater than the former rain, but in places called church, what will hinder it is that they will be expecting a man of God or a woman of God within the fivefold ministry to be the only catalyst by which that others must come in to receive and miss it because they're waiting for it to show up through that man or woman of God and that's where we miss it and that's where you'll miss it because you know what I'm going to do the exploits of God I've got my assignment and nobody can stop me but I want to compel you that you have yours and you need to walk in it and you need to thrive towards it because when you begin to get revelation of what we're saying today, my gosh, man, there will be an outpouring like you've never seen. Amen. An outpouring like you've never seen. Second Kings chapter four. Second Kings chapter four. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It says, now a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets 
cried out to Elisha. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. And the creditors have come to take my two children to be his slaves. Elisha said to her, what, uh, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels at large for yourself from all your neighbors. Even empty vessels do not get a few. Right? And you shall go in and shut the door behind you and your sons. So that's what her children were. They weren't daughters. They were sons. And pour out into all these vessels and you shall set aside what is full. So she went in with him and shut the door behind her and her sons, and they were bringing the vessels to her, and she what? Poured. So she went from him and shut the door. <laughs> Hallelujah. Verse 6, when the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there, are, there is not one vessel more, and the oil what? What did it do? Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil, pay your debt, and you and your sons can what? Live on the rest. Now, let's go back to verse 1. Obviously, this passage of Scripture, you've heard many messages concerning this, so this is what I need you to do right now. I need you not to have a preconceived idea of where we're going today. Okay. The first thing you don't want to do is begin to assume where we're going or say, man, I've heard so many sermons on this. I'm going to, you know, and you check out at this point. You're saying, now, Lord, what would you want to show me today? Now, I'm not going to say that something I say today is so new that you've never heard before, but it may be. I said it may be in an angle you've never seen, kind of like Wednesday night. Many came up to me after Wednesday night. When I say many, not many, a, a few, okay, a couple maybe. <laughs> uh, but I can see in the face of some. But some are like, my gosh, man, I've never heard it that way. That was so different, my man. And you know what? Because you have ears to hear, you can hear in a way that you've not seen before. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay. So, even though we know in a general sense, we could literally say this is a passage of Scripture of God's supernatural provision. Right? God's supernatural provision where this person owed money and God blessed them with a resource for money. But I'm not preaching on money today. So you can let your heart be at ease. <laughs> All right? But many have been that kind of direction, you know, that if we'll do God, he'll provide and he'll give you more than enough. And we've heard that. But I want to focus on a few different words in this passage of Scripture, because when we focus on them a little bit different, do you understand there's some other contexts that take place? Well, the first thing I want us to talk about is this, starting in the beginning here, Elisha, the woman comes to Elisha. Elisha rep is obviously the prophet of God which means he's the voice of the Lord. I said he's the voice of the Lord. So again, if you have a need, go to the Lord. She had a need, she had to go to the Lord. Now again, her husband was uh, the sons of the prophet, so he was within the uh, um, circles that Elisha was. Elisha knew him personally. 
knew how much he loved God. He was in debt, you know, can't tell you why he was in debt, but he was in debt. And the reality is when he died, he couldn't take care of that debt. And so the debtor says, your sons are going to go with me to pay for the debt your dad didn't, uh, your husband didn't do, which then basically leaves her without someone to provide for. So it's, it's a pretty stressful situation. So, but my point is, is that she has within her home a voice of the Lord because her husband was a prophet as well. So when that voice of the Lord left, she goes to the voice of the Lord, which again, he was accountable to him in the first place. The point is, is that we need to hear from God. And she had to go where God's speaking. So she goes to him and he's like, what shall I do for you? So obviously she let him know the need. And he says, tell me, what do you have where? In the house. Now I want to focus on this word house. Because in the New Testament, there's also a house. There's a house in the New Testament. In fact, if I was to flip over there real quick, let me just read it for you. We don't have a slide, but I'm going to read it for you. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, I got this while we were worshiping. He said, but if I'm delayed, this is the Passion Translation, 1 Timothy 3, 15, you can write it down, look it up for yourself. He said, but if I'm delaying coming, uh, you'll already have these instructions, Paul talking to Timothy, on how to conduct the affairs of the church, of the living God, his very household, and the supporting pillar and firm foundation of the truth. Another translation says the house of God. You know, God has a house. I said, God has a house. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Amen. So the church can't be just one person. Because a house is not a door. A house is not a roof. A house is not a window. They are parts of the So he asked her, what's in the house? I'm telling you today, the word of the Lord is saying, what's in the church? What's in the church? Because at the end of the day, no matter what's going on in the world, the question is, what's in the house? Now, here's her answer. I don't have nothing but a little oil. Now, what in the world does oil represent in the Bible? What does the oil represent in the Bible? It represents the Holy Spirit. So if the house has a little oil, that's more than a house having lights, a house having fog, a house having projectors, a house having... You, you may think, well, that church ain't got nothing, but if it's got a little bit of oil, if it's just got a little bit of oil, I mean, if it just has a little bit of oil... That little bit has enough because the prophet understood the law of multiplication, the law, the law of exponential, the law that would get in play of sowing and reaping that's in the earth today. Spiritually speaking, this thing works. And so he says, what do you have in your house? And she said, I ain't got nothing but a little bit of oil. Now look what he says to do. You need to go find you some vessels. Come on. Oh, man, I've already set you up. You should already know where we're at, right? I want you to go find some vessels. And he says now, don't get just a few. 
Oh, I... don't get a few. Don't get a few. He says, go bar vessels at large for yourself from all your neighbors, even empty vessels, which tells me this. Not every vessel that came into her house was empty. Not every vessel that came in was empty. Some of those vessels probably already contained some oil. Probably already contained something. But he said, now you go, even the empty ones, he said, do not get a few. Which means God ain't looking for this little small community of believers. He's not looking for this little bitty thing. He's like, man, when you go out, you got to be thinking this thing's got to grow. You got to get as many as you can. You got to go find out as many people as you can. You got to pull them in, pull them in, pull them in, pull them in. Let's go on. Look at this now. It says this. This is so good. Woo. He said, and you shall go in and what? Shut the door behind you. Well, where's she going into? Notice he didn't say this. He didn't say, y'all better get ready. I'm fixing to come off this platform. He didn't say, he said, now, what do you got in your house? Man, I got a little bit of oil. You get that oil and you go run to your neighbor and you take that oil and you pour it in that vessel. And then you run over here to this place and you pour it in that vessel. And then you run over to this house and you pour it in this vessel. And then you go run over here and do it here. And you go run over here and do it here. I mean, you just run out because again, it doesn't matter that these vessels have to come together. You can go to them. No, that oil, that little bit of oil had no effect out there, but it had a different effect inside the house. I said it had a different effect inside the house. It had a different, man, there is something that has happened in the psyche of believers that they don't have to be in the house. They don't have to hang out with the other vessels, that they can make it on their own. They can thrive by themselves. They can grow without anything. And they stay out in the highways and the byways, and they're trying to touch people's lives, but there's all in the house. Just because you're born again, just because the Holy Ghost is in you, just because you have a witness in your spirit, you're a child of God, you will get empty. If left to yourself. Because this woman's got one little vessel that's got a little bit of oil, but it's amazing what this oil will do if it will get other vessels to show back up at the house. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. He said, go in and shut the door behind you, you and your sons, and pour into all these vessels, and you shall set aside what is what's full So she went from him and shut. It's 1136. The doors are shut. (sighs) See, the Lord lets us know, hey, at Anchor Church, I got a little bit of oil. And if you'll show up at 1030 on Sunday morning and get in, they're going to shut the door because service is going to start. They say, Pastor, if somebody comes in off the street right now, you wouldn't let them in. I'm not saying I wouldn't let them in. What I'm saying is, if you don't come 
at the appointed time that he says to be there. And when the door shuts on the revelation, even though you can be out there, you're not getting what comes in here because when it starts pouring in here, it'll hit every vessel that's actually in here. That's in here. Why would you ever miss an in here moment? Why would you let an opportunity where you have been out pouring out your lives to someone and then decide I'm not going to go back to the house? Where the oil is. I said where the oil is. Because service has started today. And those who are right now in the house, man, you're in a great spot right now. I said, you're in a great spot right now because if you came ready to receive, you can receive every time we come together. And this is the expectation of your receiving. You're going to pour it in all these vessels and you shall set aside what is, which means... Maybe we got to keep pouring on you right now. Because some of you came in here empty. I said, some of you come in, why does that pastor preach so long? Because you've been empty for so long, I got to preach till we fill you up. I mean, if y'all all came in here halfway full, then it might not take as long. But if you came in here halfway full, I'd be asking, what are you doing with the oil when you go out? no problem with you coming empty because that means you took the properties of what's in you and let it become provision for someone. See, when she came in, shut the door behind her, she began to pour. And listen, when the oil starts to pour in you, all of a sudden, it should create this excitement. It's like, ooh, yeah, this is good. Oh, yeah, this is good. Oh, I, I mean, it should create something, even if it's something, to get out of you so that it can be just pure in you. It should create some kind of excitement in you. There should be some thrive, drive, some passion, some like, my gosh, man, I'm so glad I'm in the house of the Lord today. Because we pouring. Now you can't pour olive oil in, in the house. And the Holy Spirit is very specific in the scripture. What he looks like. How he operates. And if we're not allowing his expressions, then he may not be in the house. I said he may not be in the house. Now water will refresh people. But oil does something else. Let me just throw a couple of properties of oil. We ministered a message a long time ago called an oil crisis because the church was in an oil crisis. Y'all remember that? How many remember that sermon, oil crisis? Yeah, there's some things we said. Number one, oil lubricates. It causes things to fit together easily, to slide into place without resistance. See, when you got the oil of the Holy Ghost, you don't get resistant of an assignment, of, of, of serving somewhere, of doing something. You, they, it, you just slide right into place, man. You function. I mean, it's good. It's easy. It's not laborious. It's not hard. It's like a well-oiled machine. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know what else oil does? Oil keeps things from becoming fatigued and wearing out. My gosh, man, my Jeep went down again, and it was only because they didn't put the oil in. <laughs> Rebuilt my whole rear end, 
gave it back to me. We put a little uh, trailer on the back of it, and we headed to West Virginia. And by the time they got to Brunswick, Georgia, which was probably before, it's just that they stopped for coffee. I'm glad I was led by the Holy Ghost. Because I got there first, and I said, hey, if y'all need a picker-upper, there's a Starbucks right here at exit 36A. Okay? And then I got on. I made it 40 miles when I got a text with a video of what my Jeep sounded like. And it was grinding, which means it had created heat in it that caused friction to take place, and it began to wear out my bearings and my gears, started to shave them, started to cut into each, other, each of those parts, started to heat up and overheat so that it couldn't function properly, and it was only because they had all the right parts in. They did the right labor. They did the work. It was according to the specification. I mean, they had done it according to the letter of the law, so to speak, according to the specifications of the manufacturer. I mean, they had all the right parts in all the right places, doing all in the right, but without the oil. Friction took place. I mean, if you don't have the oil of the Holy Ghost in the house, then I don't care if you're in the right place with the right people. Friction manifests. And all of a sudden, y'all start rubbing each other wrong. Offense becomes easy. Unforgiveness is very simple. Why? And many of it's because you didn't allow your vessel to come into the house where the oil's been pouring and you got empty. And when you showed up here, you were resistant to an outpouring of the oil. You know what else it does? It provides energy. It improves performance. Come on now. Produces power. It eliminates friction and stress. Eliminates it. You know, you can put a couple things under great pressure, but if you apply oil, it can handle it. Yes. I said it can handle it. And in these last days, God didn't get the scab team. He didn't go, well, <laughs> Dad, I, I don't know what we did down there. I mean, Moses has been there. We got Paul down there, Elijah, Elisha. I mean, we had all these great heavy hitters for the kingdom of God, and now we got that group. And you know the devil's roaring like a uh, roaming like a roaring lion. He knows his time short. I mean, he's deceiving his cohorts. You know his demon realm. I mean they, that, that that realm of darkness. It is lying, cheating. It is blinding. It is. I mean, it has increased its effort. And look at that bunch we left. No, he didn't leave the the bad bunch. I said he didn't leave a bad bunch. Why? Because he said that's all right. I'm gonna pour out oil more on them than I did on the others. He said, man, if the guys of the old covenant could have had the oil not only upon them, but within. He said, man, in that new covenant, I'm not just going to pour oil upon them. I'll get it on the inside. It'll come in and out, in and out, in and out of their lives. There won't be a place that can't produce power. You know what it does? It keeps things from sticking. The enemy will come at you and just slide right off. He'll throw a thought at you to slide right off. You better take that, car, that thought captive. Why? Because they don't have no place to stick. Because the Holy Ghost to go to that section and say, yeah, but the word says this, and it just slide on off you. Come on, you ever try to grab a greasy pig? Some of y'all have because y'all been to those kind of 
fairgrounds, right? <laughs> Amen. Back in the day, my wife and I, we used to do the tan. You do it with, with baby oil. How many of y'all baby oil tanners back in the day? Yeah, you like, man, you like couldn't grab hold of you. Right? You just slide right off. My wife sometimes put this lip stuff on. My lip just slide right off. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> it gets rid of the squeaking. You know, you can go to some places where all the church is doing is complaining. It's because there's no oil in the house. You said there's no squeaking here? Yeah, squeaking shows up, but we show up with the oil. Well, let's meet and let's find out what God says. Let's see what the Holy Ghost wants to say. Sometimes, and I've done this, I haven't done it as often, probably should kick it in more, because I know of some pastors that before they meet with people in their meeting, say, you're going to have to come to the church 30 minutes earlier and pray in the spirit in the sanctuary for 30 minutes before you meet with me. Some of y'all, if you just pray in the Holy Ghost for a little bit, you might not need this meeting. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you just come to church more often, you probably wouldn't need the meeting because your issue we already answered five sermons ago that you missed. But not so much with this bunch because y'all come all the time. I'm talking to the ones out there, you know. All right. It provides light. Oil does. Took my grandkids down to Jupiter. We went camping for a little bit, you know, part of them, half of them, you understand? I got to divide and conquer. Uh, so many grandkids, right? And now a great-grandchild. So divide and conquer. So we took four of them, and we went to the lighthouse in Jupiter. Now my uh, youngest one that went, she couldn't go because she went four feet, which is like, seriously? She probably romping down these stairs over all y'all, but whatever. So Marcy stayed back with her. I took the other ones up. Well, you know, they talked about how they used to bring oil there. And they had a little hole that they would pull it up with a pulley. They had to bring the oil up to keep the light burning. And why, why did they have to keep the light burning? So that people would know where the coast is. So they wouldn't run aground and become shipwrecked. You know, you wouldn't get shipwrecked in life. You'd just keep a little oil in the vessel. But again, you're trying to do a self-filler. Now, you can do things at the house. I'm not saying that you can. I'm not saying that your personal private time with God, praying and reading and spending time in the Spirit isn't doing stuff. I'm just telling you, it's stirring up what's in you, no doubt. But if you think that you do not need to come in the house, you will not run full. It can't happen because you're calling God a liar. You're telling him the church is not really necessary for you to come in a shut door place and receive. You're calling him a liar. Because he said in Corinthians, the hand cannot say to the foot. And you're not your own personal pastor, your own personal prophet, your own personal apostle, and the ones online aren't either. Hallelujah. Again, if you're watching right now online, you should be in a local body church. 
I mean, you shouldn't be running around YouTube and all these places trying to find somebody. Now, I get it. If you're in a place that somebody's really not preaching a word like we preach here, I get it. We're going to help some. But you still go find yourself with a work. I mean, support the best that you can. Show yourself faithful and then pray in a work that will uh, rightly divide. Or pray for your pastor to get revelation knowledge so that they'll preach the whole council. Quit surfing around, staying in your pajamas, acting like you're close to God. You need to go get in a house that's got some oil. And listen, it may just be a little bit. It may just be a little truth, but that little bit of truth in you can do a whole lot. Oil is highly flammable. <laughs> That's important. Why would you need to come in here? Because some of you, you need to get on fire. And the problem is you don't know how to get on fire for yourself, but if you'll get around someone that is burning, you can't help but get on fire. You can't put one gas can, light it, and put another one beside it and say, it won't get nothing. <laughs> it ain't going to happen because that one's going to blow up, and all of a sudden the one that wasn't even expecting is going to blow up. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Listen, if you're sitting by somebody that seems like they're dead, ain't got, find somebody a little bit crazy, somebody a little bit excited about God and say, I'm sent by you today. Just go and sit there. Right? I mean, get by somebody that's on fire. Let it just flow over. Let it ignite you. Let it get you passionate. Let you get excited about something. I mean, I may not be the fire starter, but if I'll get by a fire, I'll get caught. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. You know who the fire starter today was? God said, let me start the fire with Raphael today. Amen. Hallelujah. And you know what else it does? It did what it did in this passage of Scripture. It brings provision. It brings provision. Now, why is that important? Let's go back to the Scripture. I want to show you a couple things. He said to her, right, she's pouring, she's pouring. It says, when the vessel were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there's not one vessel more. And the oil stopped. And she came and told the man of God. And then he says this, just keep them at your house and be excited that you got a lot of wealth in your home. By all rights, right now, she's extremely wealthy. You know, a church can have all kinds of stuff inside it. But if it doesn't take it to distribute, it's broke. Man, if you were with us, uh, was it last Sunday that I preached about being lukewarm? And that one of the issues with that church was it says you guys are rich. You say you don't need anything. They had the best stuff. They had the nicest things. They had all kinds of stuff decked out in their church. Probably had the best of the best in their churches and in their homes. And he says, you're naked, poor, and broke. The woman has all these vessels that she just pulled into her house, shut the door. The Holy Ghost started talking. And when he started talking, he started filling. And when something got full, he's like, you're full. Give me the next one. Now you're full. Give me the next one. You're full. Give me the next one. And that means this. You can't be hogging the Holy Ghost and act like you're the only one who can get something in this church. 
I mean, after you got something, you need to step aside and say, Lord, bless them. Lord, give them something. Lord, do something for them. Lord, do something for them. Sometimes I hear people say, well, you know, I'm just not getting anything from that church. Well, two things could be happening. You could be full and you need to distribute. And God's like, I can't do anything else with you. You're full. I've set you aside for why I made you full. But you're just sitting there full. And you're blaming the pastor. You're not getting nothing. But the reality is you didn't leave the house to take what you were carrying so that it could get out amongst someone who had a need. That way it could go down enough that when it's time to come back to the house for that little bit of oil to start filling you up again, we can kind of keep this cycle going. But as long as you just sit full, I've set you aside. Come on. I've just set you aside because what else you want me to give you? You're not doing nothing with what I've given you. Well, pastor, pray for him. You should have prayed for him in the parking lot. You should have prayed for him at work. You should have prayed for him when you were checking out because you were full. Well, I got to hold on to this. The Holy. Listen, there's more where that came from. All you got to do is come back to the house. I said, there's more where that came from. All you have to do is come back to the house. He'll just keep pouring. They set it to the side. But once all the vessels, whatever God wants to do in this service, when it's done, it's done. Which means you're not getting any more from this service. You should leave and carry it and begin to distribute. He says to her, oh, aren't you wealthy? Don't you feel good about yourself? No, he said this. He said, now go and sell the oil. In essence, you just got it. Now get rid of it. Why is it that people want to come to church and hear a good message and then not give it away? Oh, man, that changed my life. Well, then go change somebody's life with it. Go tell somebody about what you just got revelation of. Go pray to God on who needs your oil. Go pray and find out who needs your oil. Because don't you think this woman went and took the vessel to just one distributor? He said, go. She was going to go and sell enough. to, And it doesn't say how many days it took her to sell off the oil in order to pay the debt. Didn't say she sold it in one day. So she had to get in and start trading it. She had to start going by and say, hey, will you take some of my oil? Now, I got some oil. You need some oil. Are you in need? No, I don't need any, which means that person went by and it remained full. But somebody eventually came by and said, man, I need some of that oil. Well, you can have it here. It only costs this, right? And listen, it costs. You say, wait a minute. We're supposed to give it away freely. It costs that person the, their mindset. They have to submit to God's way. It always costs somebody. Now, it may not financially cost them, but it will cost. Sometimes it will, because sometimes God will require you to give. Okay, you don't hear that. That's fine. That's, I'll preach that message. I'm going to preach that message. It's coming, but not today. But I'm telling you, it costs you something. You didn't get born again till it costs you. I can't do it. I can't do it my way. So I, call, I give up the right to demand God to accept me the way I want to be accepted. And again, Pastor Mark and I were just talking about this the other day, and you've heard me say this, and he just set it up in Valdosta. Here we are telling God, accept me as I am, and Jesus is saying, that's what I'm asking. You want me to accept you in your sin, in your unrighteousness, in your way of living, in your relationships, the way you do life, and I'm saying, accept me for who I am. Holy, pure, righteous, who will forgive you of all your sin, and you will lay down your life and take up the life I have for you. Amen. 
Let me tell you, God's going to require you to do it his way. Because his way is life. To do it your way, you're asking God to die. Now, when I say die, I mean give up rulership. To submit to death. Now, he died once and for all. But his dying wasn't in the act of death in and of itself, though he died. Don't get me wrong. What I'm saying is he died because he was in life because of the obedience of following what his father said. But the minute you're trying to get God to do it your way, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is death. It's death. So you've got to take and it's got to get distributed. She sold it to probably various, there were various people that had need. And at some point she was able to pay the debt, but not just paid the debt. She had enough to actually live on. Which means anytime a need came, she could go to the oil. Anytime you need something, all you got to do is go to the Holy Ghost and say, Holy Ghost, what's the king say? What am I supposed to do? Where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do? Now let's close with this. Second uh, Timothy chapter 2, verse 19 and 22. Y'all with me this morning? Yes. Amen. Man, we got to come to the house. Get shut in. Let the oil start pouring so it can fill you up so you can get out. Because revival is you going and distributing the oil you have. I mean, I look across this sanctuary right now, and I've seen many of you in different places. I know kind of where you're going and what you've been doing in life. So I know some of the people you can come across, which means we are pouring oil in you so that when you get in those places that you frequent, somebody needs what's on the inside of you. And you've got to say, I can give it to you. It just seems like you need this. And you can declare it. And I feel like, no, I'm not going to do that. Then you know what? They're not ready to buy. Right. Meaning they're not ready to lay down their mindset, their way of doing. But you still offer. But there are going to be those that say, would you pray with me? What do I need to do? Because here's the thing. The cool thing is, is you'll be able to distribute out of your vessel enough that they'll always kind of come to you. And then you'll have this position. Do you know that you don't have to just keep coming to me? That you could actually become a vessel that carries what I give away to you freely? And I must close with this comment. Would not be able to close without saying this passage of scripture. is very important. How many of you believe you're a vessel, a carrier of oil? Yeah. He said, nonetheless, Paul talking to Timothy. Nonetheless, the firm foundation of God stands. Having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his. Just because people say they are doesn't mean they are. And everyone who names the name of the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. That's what they are to do. Not to see how much could they do or how close can they get to it and still be okay. He says, now in a large house, <laughs> here's that house again, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and of earthenware, and some, of, some to honor and some to dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful 
to the master prepared for every good work. Verse 22 says, Now flee from youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. So there's a pursuit we are to have. We've been made righteous in Christ, but go back to the, that other passage there. Notice, even though God's made you righteous, your vessel is your responsibility. Now, what do I mean by that? You can't produce the oil because the oil is God. Nor could you make your spirit man look like God. Only God could do that by the new birth. But the house of the, of the oil, the temple of the Holy Ghost has two other dimensions associated with it. It's called the mind, the soul realm, and then it's your physical body. And here's the thing. You can be a carrier of oil, but if your vessel is contaminated, the world will assume what's in it is contaminated as well. Not too many people will grab a dirty glass. I could grab a dirty glass, pour pure water in it, and hand it to you, and you're going to be like, hmm, not sure I want to drink that. But what went in was pure. You're judging the contents on the vessel. This is why it's important because the church, when I say the church, I'm talking about some within our sector of society have decided to live as earthenware. Meaning they're carrying something, but their vessel has not been sanctified so that when they get around people, people question whether they should take what they have because you actually live like I do. The same dirt in my life I see in your life. The same behavior in my life I see in your life. The same response in my life I see in your life. Although they may be born again. But we have the responsibility to say, I'm going to abstain. I'm going to live holy and pure. Anything, Lord, you see wrong in me, you tell me I get rid of it. I'm going to clean myself with the washing of the water of the word so that when this vessel shows up, when I've come to the house and got shut in, and all of a sudden you begin to pour the oil, while he's pouring the oil in me, I'm bathing the vessel so that it gets so clean that when I get out into the world, people are like, man, I want what's in that. I'll take that one. That looks clean. And since that looks clean, what's in it must be. Many people doubt God's ability because of the vessel that's pouring it. You know what? God's still God. He can still heal in a contaminated vessel. Isn't that amazing? That's so amazing. He can. But he's told us, since you're a carrier, Clean yourself up. Amen. That way, I can always use you to pour out for humanity. But when you pour out, whether you're empty or you still got something in the tank, you need to go back to the house. Because when you get shut up with all those other vessels, 
which tells me, do we want more of the Holy Ghost? We might need a few more vessels in here. Because if I only had two, he would fill the two. I just wish he'd do more. We got to have some more vessels. This is why we should be here all the time. Because if the, all the vessels that said they went to Anchor Faith Church showed up, boy, what would that service look like? Are you a carrier of oil? I close with this passage of scripture, Psalms 45, 7. The passion says it this way. You are passionate for righteousness and hate lawlessness. Aren't you glad we're cleaning ourselves up? We're letting the word wash us. We're allowing our vessels to be pure. We're having a pure heart. We're abstaining from evil and wickedness. We don't want to pursue lust that will wage war against our soul, but we're people that are passionate for God. And because of that, he says this, you are passionate for righteousness and you hate lawlessness. This is why God, your God, crowns you with bliss above your fellow kings. He has anointed you more than any other with his oil of fervent joy the fra very fragrance of heaven's gladness. Aren't you glad? Listen, when you go out, you should be so full of joy and happiness no matter what's going on in the world that people are like attracted to your vessel and say, can I come and take a dip of what's in you? Thanks again so much for listening to this episode. If you'd like to get more of our content, you can subscribe wherever you're listening, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc. You can also watch our weekend messages at youtube.com forward slash anchor faith when they air every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Subscribe to us so you never miss a message and leave us a comment or a like. It really does help. You sharing, rating, and commenting on this podcast and any of our content is the best way to keep it in circulation for others to be influenced with this message of God's kingdom. So please consider sending a link to friends and family, sharing on social media, or simply giving us a rating. And finally, if you'd like more information about Anchor Faith Church and support the work we're doing from St. Augustine, Florida in igniting the city, impacting the nation, and influencing the world, you can visit us at anchorfaith.com. 